Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. In this episode, I'm talking to the wonderful Steve Follard. Steve Follard is the host of the Being Freelance podcast and the Doing It for the Kids podcast. He's also a video and audio freelancer. He's talked to countless freelancers about the challenges of our strange roller coaster life, and he wants to share his biggest lessons with the hot copy listeners. So, for 10 lessons he's learned in his long and illustrious, illustrious freelance career, let your ears get ready for a great hot copy podcast episode. Hi, my name's Kate Toon. I'm the founder of the Clever Copywriting School, a popular membership, directory, shop, and course resource haven. I'm also the founder of the Recipe for SEO Success, an online teaching hub for all things Google and how to grapple the Google beast. And this week's episode, I'm going solo. Belinda Weaver is off doing Belinda Weavery things. Instead, I recorded this episode as a masterclass for my clever copywriting community. So as you're listening, if you hear any strange bits and bobs, that's why it wasn't originally recorded to be a podcast, but it was so good, I wanted to share it with you. So without any further ado, let's listen to Steve Follard passing on his knowledge and wisdom for many years of being a freelancer. So hello and welcome to this week's Masterclass. And we're very lucky this week to have the lovely Steve Farlard all the way from England. He's flown here just to be here to talk to us today. He's just sitting next to me in the room over there. Um, So before we start, before we get started, Steve, do you want to introduce yourself to the group? Tell us who you are and what you do and why you do it. Flipping out. I, hello. I am, so I'm Steve and I host the Being Freelance podcast, which I started a year after I went freelance. So I went freelance so I could look after my kids and I'm a video and audio freelancer. Before that, I worked in radio. And um, yeah, so now I get to work from home or in a co-work space, a very bland co-work space that you can see me in right now. Um, and I make videos and do script writing, voiceover stuff like that. But yeah, Being Freelance was the podcast I started uh, in 2015, was it? Yeah, four years ago. So about to hit 200 guests this year. And each week I get a different freelancer on to tell their story. And that was basically so I could learn from them because I didn't know any other freelancers when I started. Um, And now I do another podcast for freelancers as well, which is um, Doing It For The Kids, which I co-host with uh, a female freelancer. So she's the mum, I'm a dad. And we chat about freelancing as parents because there's a whole other load of um, issues in there as well. So that's pretty much what keeps me busy. That and look on after two kids. Fabulous. And obviously you had an amazing guest on that podcast many moons ago. <laughs> and that's how we met. Can I ask, you may have just said this and it might have gone right through my brain, but how long have you been freelancing for? When, when did you break free? So I quit my job in 2013. So proper, But then I... I left for six weeks in Australia, funnily enough. Um, and so it was 2014 when I properly started. And at first I was still doing that, looking around our like eight month, nine month old baby and gradually sort of ramped it up. Um, but before that I was always doing freelance stuff on the side. I was like writing scripts, um, doing copywriting, uh, making videos, presenting videos, editing videos on the side of my full-time job. So I was probably doing that for another five years before that as well. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I did a bit, a lot of stuff on the side. When I had a full-time job in an agency, I just used to change my computer over very quickly. Sorry, I actually, I have no 
sorries for the agencies at all. They, they deserved everything they got. <gasps> Ouch. Um, I'm sure none of them are listening to this podcast. Uh, so look, let's get started. The subject for today's masterclass is 10 lessons you've learned from, while being a freelancer. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a cautionary tale and advice. And uh, hopefully all of us can learn a thing or two from it. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of nodding heads as I read through this. I was like, yep, 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 yep. So, I, so Steve, let, let's kick off. What, what's your first, what's your number one lesson? What's your first lesson? My number one is don't freak out. Three key words, which I think we all need to remember. Uh, this was actually a quote from Louisa Heinrich on the podcast where, um, yeah, basically there will be lots of opportunity for you to freak out when you go freelance. Uh, when you first fill in your first ever tax return, for example, um, and then when you do your second one and your third one and your fourth, like that never goes away. Uh, also, when you've not got any work and you start freaking out, but then suddenly you'll have too much work and you start freaking out. Like it's, um, there's just so much opportunity. So I think it's important to remember, don't freak out. Um, figure out how best to deal with overwhelm uh, when it comes along because it will come along. Um, I've, I've personally found just sort of sitting back and figuring out what you can control helps. So be it making a list or just getting up a bit earlier and actually starting that task that you've been putting off. Or if it was childcare, like figuring out, okay, what am I actually doing next week? Like there's so many things or like with a VAT return, like a tax return type thing that I was doing, just taking a whole day out and like figuring out the best way to do my financial processes. And yeah, just like get on with it, but don't let it freak you out. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think, you know, I'm, if I was, getting freaked out by my tax return, the first thing I would do is hand it over to an accountant because that is not, I'm a words person. But I often bring it down to really one simple point. What can I actually get done today? You know, I have this huge list of things, you know, what can I get done? If I could only do one thing, what would it be? And that often gives me a lot of clarity. And stepping away, like the, the, most of the time, if I just take a little walk around the block or go and get a cup of tea, um, it just you just get that little bit of clarity. But when you're in the eye of the storm, it can be really, really overwhelming. Um, and one other thing I would say is, you know, don't let the good times affect you and don't let the bad times affect you. What I mean by that is don't let it go to your head either. Like there's periods where you're like, I'm winning all the jobs. I'm getting all the testimonials. The money's coming in and you get on a real high. And once you're up that high, it's really easy to be brought down low. So don't, don't refuse to ride the roller coaster, get off the roller coaster and go on the, um, what are the other ones? Tra for Travelator? The Travelator, the roundabouty one. For Carousel? The Carousel. I like yeah, that. Okay. That's yeah. the meme for the show. Um, okay, tip number two. What's your next tip? Rose says, Rose says the dodgems. Two. The dodgems. That might be more accurate <laughs> for freelancers. <laughs> um, number two was know your finances. Uh, there was a guest called Jess who actually says, know your finances and understand them. Uh, I was quite bad early on, I think, at just uh, knowing, getting my head around what I was going to overtax man for starters, stuff like that. But even as I've gone on, like suddenly you'll be really busy and maybe you'll get further away from sending the invoices that you were meant to send, uh, which is ridiculous, but it can also happen or knowing which invoices to chase. So know your finances, try and get yourself um, separate bank accounts as soon as you can, personal and business. Uh, also, 
get yourself some accounting software, online accounting software. There's plenty of them to choose from now. They're so good. And um, for example, I use Free Agent and it shows me what tax I'm going to owe and when, which has just been so good for me to, to put that away. But more than that, I think when Jess was talking about it, it was about even if you end up hiring a bookkeeper, an accountant, and definitely for me, getting an accountant was brilliant, is even if you've got those layers of people helping you, never let yourself get too far away from your finances and understanding them. So knowing what it is that is making you profitable, knowing what it is that you need to be charging to cover what it is that you're spending, um, knowing who are the good payers or the bad payers, knowing what subscription, like ever sign up for like, you sign up for something online and you put your credit card in and suddenly they're taking this money each month. And then you think, hang on, I never use that. But actually when, you, when you're the person who's reconciling the bank statements and finding the invoice, you think, do you know what? I'm going to bin that one off. Like just be aware of what you're spending um, because spending is, is, is also important to look at as well as the earning bit, I think. Uh, because yeah, one kind of like cancels out the other otherwise, but yeah, definitely be on top of your finances and doing that really helps keep you calm, but also sets you up for, um, yeah, for success, I think. For success. Yes. I, I, I totally agree. I'm a, I, I use zero for, for my accounts, which makes reconciling, reconciling my accounts really easy. I can do it on my, on my phone while I'm walking my dog. Um, and I'm a big advocate of profit first, which is like an envelope system where you put money into different pots for different things. Because I, no matter what I earn, never seem to have enough money when tax time came along. Here in Australia, we have GST as well, which is like business tax. I just never had enough. I don't know what happened. And even when I started earning more money, I was like, I'm going to be really rich now and just lying in a pool of champagne. But I wasn't because the percentages all move around and change. So super, super important. And I very much agree with the accounting thing. It's like anything. I don't really like people who, when they kind of hand over the web development to someone else and they don't even understand how to upload an image or they hand, you know, it's like, it's got to go to the garage and have a vague knowledge of how your car works rather than just handing it over to a random, you know? So have a little bit of knowledge I think is so important. So talking about knowing things, what's your tip number three, Steve? So yes, if number two was know your finances, three is know yourself, which sounds all a bit woo. woo. But it's, I have found like over the past five years in particular, that when I started doing a vlog, which was like me filming myself like an idiot each day, um, and then like creating a vlog each week of my freelance journey in quotation marks, I... I became a lot more self-aware. Like I was analyzing stuff by doing this vlog and lots of people talk about journaling, similar sort of thing, but writing it down. Like I was analyzing what I was doing, how I was doing it, looking at my processes, looking at the way things made me feel. Um, so yeah, that really helped me get better at being freelance, but also no... I guess like your, your energy levels change, like maybe across the week, across the year, uh, definitely across the day. So when I could figure out that maybe I'm a bit rubbish after lunch, uh, then I would switch certain tasks for after lunch. I know that I'm really pretty good at writing, for example, in the morning. So if I've got scripts to write, I will do that first thing. But if I need to edit it, uh, edit something, I will, I can leave that until later on in the day. So by getting to know yourself, you can actually become a lot more productive. You can feel better about yourself. And um, yeah, I think, I think in general, uh, you end up being a better freelancer. But weirdly for me, vlogging and kind of showing other people myself ended up making me know myself better. So yes, yeah, self-awareness. 
Yeah, I agree. A lot of the blog posts I used to write on Kate Toon Copywriter were extremely cathartic. They were literally me kind of writing to myself about problems I'd had and how I dealt with them so that I could read those on another day. I think the energy level is really important. We talk a lot in the group about, you know, whether you're a, I can't remember it, morning worm or, or, or afternoon something or night, night owl or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really good for the first couple of hours a day, which sometimes I squander on stupid tasks. Um, and then, you know, I'm absolutely useless after three o'clock. Um, and I can't burn the midnight oil. There's a couple of people in the group who talk about how they've done all nighters. I, I, I just couldn't do that ever. So yeah, knowing, knowing yourself, knowing, knowing what your triggers are as well. Certain clients really can trigger bad emotions and, and make you angry before they've even done anything. Do you know what I mean? Or a little word. So keeping, I like the idea almost of keeping a work diary. I used to just write like down three things a day that had gone well and one lesson because I don't, you don't write things that have gone badly. You write a lesson you can learn from the day. And I used to, I did that. Look, I've even got a little sparkly book here that I used to use to oh, write. That is sparkly. It is so sparkly. Um, yeah. And um, it really helped because what I found was that it was the same five problems that I had again and again and again. And once I knew them, it made them a lot more easy to cope with. I came up with little strategies. Okay. So that's number three. So knowing yourself is important. What else is important? Being yourself. See how well I segued that? that <laughs> and I took it, right? <laughs> yeah, you took the bait. Nice. Yeah. Um, to be yourself, you, it takes a... I, actually, I remember when I first, you know, like quit my job and then became a freelancer and I realized I might be going to meetings and stuff like that. I went and bought myself a blazer. I've never worn a blazer since I was at school, but I thought, you know, I, I had this vision of me of like jeans, but a blazer would make me professional and then I'd have like this... I felt such an idiot. I felt so uncomfortable. Listen, if you can wear that stuff and that's you, then brilliant. But that was the whole point. It wasn't me. And I soon realized that um, I was much better off when I was totally being myself uh, in front of people uh, than trying to pretend to be anything else. And then you realize, of course, that that's actually key to being a freelancer. The fact that they could hire any other copywriter, any other graphic designer or video producer, but the fact is they want to work with you. And so they need to get to know you. Uh, and yeah, just being yourself, like when you're finally building some sort of client relationship as, as it grows, like getting to chat to them and giving a little bit of yourself away or, or when you're in a video or Instagram stories or whatever, you know, your medium of choice is like even writing for that matter, like writing when you're writing personal stuff, like it is yourself and in your voice, I think really helps. And then especially because if we're talking about um, Instagram stories or vlogging or blogging, then when it is in your voice, people then start to get to know you. And of course, we, we've all heard the whole, you know, they get to know you, they get to like you, they get to trust you, and then eventually they buy from you or they refer you to somebody else. And it really works. And so if you can be yourself, if they can remember you, that person that they met in the library or at the coffee shop or who said they were a copywriter or a video producer, and then they go, oh, actually, I met blah. So yeah, be yourself. And, and actually, you'll enjoy it a lot more because you'll just feel so comfortable about the fact that you're being yourself. And then some people are like, oh, but not everybody likes me. But that's <laughs> who gives us stuff about the ones who don't like you. You want to work with the ones who do. And that's the good thing. You, 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 will, you will, yeah, probably push away some people who, who aren't like you, but you'll also attract the ones who are. And so that works in your benefit too. 
I agree. And I think one thing that lots of copywriters do a very bad job of is, is expressing their personalities on their own websites. Uh, the copy that they write for their own websites is often the worst copy they ever write. So again, top tip is to get someone else to read it and go, look, I, I, I know you, Megan. I know you, Donna. I know you, Steve. You don't talk like that. So why are you talking like that on your website? Because it's going to be such a disconnect when I finally do get to speak to you um, that, you know, it's not going to work. Not that those three people don't have great websites. Sorry, <laughs> I just picked them because I can see their little faces. Um, okay. Tip number five is about being nasty, I believe. Well, is it? You see, tip number five is a quote from a guy called Fraser Davidson, and it is, nice guys get paid last, which always stuck in my mind. He was like, nice guys get paid last. But actually, he's not talking about you being nasty. It's kind of like that nice word. Because if... Um, if you're going to somebody who owes you money and, you're, and you keep sending that email or maybe you're phoning them up and say, oh, are you going to pay me this Friday? And then they say, oh, I'm sorry, you missed the run. It will be next week. And you're like, oh, okay, no problem. Then who are they going to pay first? The person who goes, okay, no problem. Or the person who goes, well, no, actually, it was last Friday. I really needed to go through. Can you talk to Janice and accounts and get this? To... It's, it's really this whole quote, nice guys get paid last is about standing up for yourself. And as a freelancer, you do want to be nice. You're going to have to be friendly because people want to work with friendly people. But you also have to stick up for yourself. And when people try to take the mick, as they will, and when they try to push the scope of your project and ask for a little bit more, you need to have the confidence to stand up for yourself and stick up for yourself and not just be nice, in quotation marks, and roll over and let them take advantage of you. Especially because once you start doing that, that's the way that's going to go forward. Whereas if you start confident, that's the way it's going to go forward. So that's the whole thing about nice gets guys get paid last. Stick up for yourself. I love it. And, and one of the things I recommend to the copywriters in my group is if you're not confident about being strong, about getting paid, then invent a fake accountant. Um, so I had a fake <laughs> accountant called Sue, or she could have been called Janice. I think Janice is a perfectly good accounting name. And what I did is I kept my creative emails, my emails sending copy and my, my relationship with the client from me. But then when invoices came, they came from Sue. Sue didn't exist. Sue was a bit of a bitch. Sue didn't stand for nothing. Um, and Sue got me paid very quickly every single time. So, you know, don't all go out and call your accountant uh, or bookkeeper Sue. Try and think of some other names. Um, but maybe, maybe Steve is a good name. Or Kate. Okay, so I like this next one. This is my favorite one of all your tips. So number six, Steve, what's your number six lesson? Stop being so available. This was a freelancer on Being Freelance called Emily uh, in Sweden. And I'm not just saying Emily in Sweden, so I avoid saying her surname wrong. Um, we will call it. Anyway, stop being so available. Turn off notifications for a start so that you'll stop being so available to your devices, um, be it email, Instagram, Twitter. Like every single app on your phone wants to get your attention. So turn them off. I, I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody who did that and then went, oh, I really missed the way my phone. Like, like, like it doesn't happen. It feels so good. Um, also, I, I, I used to have client email on my phone and actually now mostly I only have it on my laptop, for example. So I, I basically put it more in charge of it. I get to see what I want to see when I want to see it. Um, if somebody is calling you at like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night or whatever, if you've decided your boundary is no, I'm not working past five or six, then don't feel you need to reply straight away. 
they probably don't even expect you to. But if you start, then they will start expecting it. So stop being so available both to the devices which are screaming for your attention, but also the clients who are after it as well. Unless you're on some sort of contract where you said you would get back to them every minute of the day, um, in which case, relook at that contract, <laughs> then there's just no need. So yeah, stop being so available to everybody and everything else. Yeah, I agree. And, and articulate those boundaries clearly right at the start of the product project. You know, if you don't tell people that you're not available on a weekend or that you don't work on Friday afternoons, they're not going to know. And people don't, I think, deliberately set out to be obnoxious. They just sometimes are, you know. Uh, the only notification I keep is my PayPal ping and my Stripe ping because I get a little <laughs> buzz on my Garmin and it gives me a nice little little thrill when someone pays me. and I do enjoy that. Um, so if we're going to be available, what follows, uh, non-available, sorry, what follows on very nicely from that is your lesson number seven. Learn to say no. Um, the sooner you realize that saying no to something means you can say yes to something else is important. Equally, if you've said yes to everything, then uh, it all goes to pop because if you keep saying yes, Either you're going to have to work loads and loads and loads um, or and burn yourself out, or you're going to drop the stuff that you started to say yes to. You're going to start to do less, better quality, and you're going to start to hate yourself for having said yes to something. And this isn't just client projects. Uh, this is all the other opportunities, like the can we have a coffee opportunity, or um, ca can you help me with this um, article thing? Or you know, like people will always be calling for your time, and that's great, and that's nice. And it's really good to help other people. But learning to say no uh, is important. Every opportunity, don't they say, comes at a cost. Uh, and it really is true. So you need to learn how that is. And also, and this is a hard one to look because equally people might be listening and thinking, yeah, that's all well and good. But what if I say no and then I don't get the work sort of thing? That's, that's where it becomes even harder. I get it. Uh, you think, well, if I say no to this time, they might not come back. Um, learn maybe to say, okay, is the deadline really this deadline you've given me or is it the week after? And actually, if you start to say, well, I'm, I'm fully booked this week, I'm, I'm busy this week, people kind of like that too because they think, oh, well, they're really good. I should have got here sooner and given them more chance. Or that deadline isn't that pressing and maybe they can shift it back. Um, it means that you gain more control over your own schedule and what you're doing. It also gives you the opportunity when you say no to choose the work that you're actually doing. So maybe you've decided that there's certain type of projects that you want to start saying no to so that you can build a, a portfolio of a certain type. Maybe you really want to get into, I don't know, sales letters and get rid of about page copy or vice versa. So it, um, learn, being confident to say no in something will free up your time either to market yourself for something else or to say yes to those other opportunities. Yep, I agree. I, I've replaced, sometimes I find no is hard, but so I replace it with not now. So I get offered a, a lot of opportunities to speak at this or do that. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm not saying closing the door, but not now. And the other phrase I have is, it's, I wouldn't say it quite like this, but not that way. So someone wants to meet me for a coffee and I'll be like, look, I'm more than help, happy to chat to you. Here's my page where you can book me for an hour and pay for my time. The other thing I think that's really important there is to think about what else you're giving up. Because if you spend an hour having a chat with someone, you can do that. You know, when you're getting started, of course you do that. And you have to judge these opportunities one by one. But I get so many people who want to just get my help 
which is you know lovely and I'd love to do it but every time I do that I'm taking time away from my son from my family from myself and um, not necessarily from my clients but just from you know my family and therefore I have to kind of weigh up which would I rather what would I rather be doing and is this the best use of my time I've actually got a post-it note that says that is this the best use of my time and that helps me kind of really make decisions easily and you know some people are going to be fed up but let them be fed up because you're you know they asked for something you're allowed to say no and then they can go and ask someone else um okay i love this next one it kind of leads on from my thing about you know taking time away from family your lesson number eight lesson number eight is schedule life first uh, which is a quote from a copywriter called rachel ingram here in the uk and when i spoke to her she this was some of the stuff she did by the way um so she had an appointment with guide dogs for the blind i think they were so like each week she would she was volunteering at, with basically hang out with puppies Hurrah for her. The other thing she was doing was learning to fly planes or helicopters, I think it was. So she also had her flying lesson scheduled in and maybe lunch with a friend. So she would put those in her diary and then do her client work around it. And I'm sure Rachel, if she ever hears this, would, would say, yeah, it doesn't always work out that way. No, okay, stuff doesn't. But the point is, is that it's very easy to find time for clients and sometimes not find time for ourselves. So you've almost got to treat yourself, uh, your health, your friends, your family, uh, all the stuff that you want to do, like it's a piece of client work and put it in the calendar. Like last weekend, I went to France for the weekend. I know, get me and hung out with my friend's family in the South of France. But if that wasn't in the diary a few months ago, I would have easily found an excuse not to go because I had so much client work to do. So put it in there. Um, i Personally, I'm not somebody who likes to go to the gym. I know, I know you wouldn't guess it. But um, when I, I, at the start of this year, I got a personal trainer. And yeah, it, I know it's more expensive, but I have actually felt the health benefits. But more importantly, it's the fact that I have to schedule an appointment with that person. And then that is what actually makes me keep it. So by making time in my calendar for actually doing something healthy and keeping myself fit, um, it's made such a difference to like my, my health and my well-being. So yeah, put it in the diary, something preferably that can't be moved. And even if you go to the cinema, whatever it might be, treat yourself for the afternoon, get in that air conditioning. Ah, oh, then yes, schedule life first. Yeah, I agree. I, ironically, I got a personal trainer at the start of this year and you know, because I've locked him in, I don't want to let him down. I, I go, I, I, I think the truth is that having a small business of any kind will eat your life if you let it. It slips into every crack. No matter how much time you give it, it will always want more. And, um, you know, a, a lot of the people in the group are parents and they're like, oh, it's going to be easier when my kid goes to school and I'll have more days and I'll have more time. But, you know, the work will expand. So some kind of law, isn't there, that the amount of time you have is exactly the amount of time you need. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a guy over here called uh, Darren Rouse who, um, who says very similar things, schedule life first and he showed us his google calendar before and after and before it was like client work then this then this then this and then what he did was he, he was like I'm, there's no time for me so now he doesn't schedule time for client work all he puts in his google calendar is his personal stuff and then he works around that which is a different approach isn't it mm. you know working to live yeah. not living one of them, one of those, living to work, working, living, working to work. That's what most of us do at the moment. Okay. I, I think, actually, and I think it's even more important. It's interesting. You, you mentioned there about the being a parent is that actually when you're a parent, your children 
kind of schedule that life in for you. Like I have no option but to go and pick them up. Oh, okay, I could I get somebody else to do it. But I like <laughs> could to go just and leave them, them there overnight. You could leave them there. They'd survive. <laughs> so I I I have that um blocked out. The beginning of my day, the end of my day is is all to do with my kids and therefore it concentrates my work and actually makes me more effective in that bit in the middle. Um, but I think if you don't have children, then of course you can let work take over your whole day. Literally, there is no reason not to be working all day long, which makes it even more important um, not to have children. I'm not suggesting you go out and have children. <laughs> Immediately reason, have a child, everybody. That's the answer. But, but to schedule, but to, to basically, yeah, make, make your life that baby. Make, you know, do, doing the things that you love doing, chilling out um, or health or family or friends or whatever, that your baby. So, so that it, it is taking up that, that time. And yeah. then I'd envy you too. I've, I've yeah. got a dog who looks at me with pleading eyes and that makes me walk every morning. But as well, as my, I think I'm finding it quite ironic that you said that because my son's getting older and more self-sufficient and he doesn't need me as much, which is leading me to do more and more work. But what I would quite like to do is instead of having to spend all my time either working or looking after a kid, is actually do something for myself. Wow, shock. Um, <laughs> a couple of people on the call, Narissa says that she has now carved out Wednesday afternoons from midday for herself to avoid... Uh, burnout and Angela said she'd fallen into the trap of letting work fill up all her time working late and sleeping in the last two weeks she's prioritized a morning workout it does work I mean, we all slip we all slip like I'm good for a couple of weeks and then I get bad again and I have to check myself and and try and put the routine back but it, it does make such such a difference so yeah do you know the good thing about building slack into your life in that way as well like let's say I've I've kept Wednesday afternoon to go to cinema if something does crop up, be it like personal or client wise, suddenly I've got a bit of time. But if I've filled up my diary with nothing but client work, then there is nothing to give apart from my sleep. So actually having that slack in your day is, is really try and protect it and keep it just for yourself rather than client work. But it is nice to know that it's there. Yeah, especially if you get sick or something. Again, another mm. guy over here called Robert Gerrish always gives himself Friday afternoons. But he doesn't necessarily what he's going to do. He has the choice. He can choose to work if he wants to, but he can choose not to. And I think a lot of us sometimes feel as freelancers, we don't have a choice. We are the creatures of our clients. And, you know, mm. we're on this little hamster wheel just running around. So, yeah, I love that idea. Um, so lesson number nine, we've only got two left. What's, what's number nine? Make opportunities for yourself. Yeah, make opportunities. Like you... I mean, in general, it took me a while to realize this, but you have to make stuff happen for yourself in your life in general. Like, like everybody else is taking care of their own life. So nobody's going to get stuff happening for you apart from yourself. And that, that happens in every aspect of your life. But when you're your own business, when you're freelance, you start to realize that actually like no work is going to come your way unless you go out there and make opportunities happen. If you want to build yourself and your credibility or put yourself out there as an expert or just get people to know that you exist and what your skills are and what your portfolio is, like you have to put yourself out there. So putting yourself out there is part of it, but then also asking for stuff like, um, at the beginning of last year, I decided in order to try and promote the Being Freelance podcast, I would try and do some talks. I'd not done like speaking events before, but I thought I'd give it a go. And um, so in my vlog, I was like talking about this 
fact, I thought, right, I want to give it a go. And I showed the fact that I was applying to some conferences as speakers. So I was actually asking and putting my, what's the worst that can happen? I figured they just say, no, it doesn't matter. And actually one of them said yes. And so that was booked in. But just by putting myself out there, by like voicing what I wanted to happen, people who had been watching the vlog realized that I wanted to speak at events. And then somebody uh, who was organizing a freelancer conference had said, does anybody know who would be a good speaker for this particular topic? And about three or four people suggested me because I'd been talking about it. So suddenly I found myself on that stage giving like this 45 minute talk way, way, way more than I thought I ever would be doing. Likewise, towards the end of last year, when I didn't have much speaking events again, I thought oh, maybe students would be good people to tell about the Being Freelance podcast because maybe they were, you know, they're on the verge of becoming freelance perhaps. So um, I wrote to these people I've met at an co- uh, organization here in the UK called Ipsy who like represent freelancers and said, do you guys do anything with universities? Is there any opportunities? But within the next two months before the end of 2018, I'd spoken at two events, um, designed one for like undergraduates, one for like uh, more senior, uh, senior, older <laughs> um, uh, freelancers and students. Anyway, the, if I hadn't have asked, I would never have been top of mind. They would have never, like, it's purely because I made that opportunity for myself. And I really learned this lesson by, like, all, all my life, like when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a DJ on Radio 1. That was like my, that was like my like seven or eight-year-old dream. And then, yeah, if I was in Australia, it would have been Triple J. In fact, I'd still quite like to be on Triple J. So um, that was what it was. And actually, I did end up becoming a radio presenter. Like, I made the opportunities for myself to begin with. I, like, you know, went for all the different stages and all the different things to end up on a professional station being paid. But then what I did was I sat there and thought that people would, in the industry, radio industry, would notice how brilliant I was because everybody seemed to be enjoying it. And actually, I was an idiot. Like, I spent about 10 years doing that, thinking that like the people in Radio 1 or the BBC would notice me like standing at the end of their drive, just casually waving, when in fact there was actually people knocking on the door or climbing through the windows to work there. And that is a lesson that I then, I'm quite happy, you know, but I didn't end up doing that. But now I will always be that one who is happy to knock on the door. You have to push yourself out there and make opportunities for yourself because stuff just won't come to you. I love that. And I love the fact that you used your own vlog and your own social media to talk about your goals. You articulate them, which is kind of a way of kind of kind of making yourself accountable to yourself. You know, I'm going to do this and I've now said it on my blog in front of all these people. But the fact that other people picked up on that and mentioned it, I had a similar thing. I, I said, oh, you know, I've done a lot of speaking last year. I'd love to MC an event. I'd really like to MC an event. And I mentioned that within two weeks, I was offered to MC a big event here called Interactive Minds. I couldn't do it. I'm going to Bali. I'm not too sad about that. <laughs> but then I also got em- offered to MC at a, a, vir- a big virtual assistant uh, conference that's happening next year in Sydney. And that, again, is just me kind of going, I'd like to do this. And people go, oh, well, we never, you never said. You've never said that you write sales letters. You've never said that you're a real estate copywriter. You've never told us this. And as soon as you tell people, they're like, Okay. They don't go, how dare you? Who the hell do you think you are? Most people just immediately go, okay, well, I know a bloke and they know a woman and we'll Mm. get you in touch. So I very much agree. And I also like your point about pushing a bit harder because 
I think many of us think, yeah, we know we need to put ourselves out there. We're going to apply for that event. But we get a couple of knockbacks and we stop because we're like, ah, oh, you know, I did try and it didn't work. But the people who do get the jobs, they do keep going. And it is hard. You know, you, you know you've got to kiss a lot of frogs, lick a lot of frogs as well. I'm obsessed with frogs, licking them, <laughs> caressing them, fondling them, all the things. But you, you have to keep trying. You know, the number of times I tried to speak at conferences and didn't get accepted. And then you do get accepted and it's pretty awesome. So here we are. Yeah. What, 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 do you, what, sorry, do you know that there is a snowballing effect to that as yes. well, isn't there? Like the yeah, more really people is. get to know it, like, and the more... I guess the more opportunities that come your way also probably boost your confidence and your positivity anyway. But it somehow, just by putting yourself out there, um, good stuff starts to happen. So, yeah. It is a bit woo-woo, but it, it's it the is. secret, isn't it? And I think this works even if we're not talking about speaking and things like that. It works with clients. So people, we had a chat yesterday in the group about someone who was like, I'd really like to work for you know one of the big supermarkets here in Australia, writing their, like, their magazine. And I'm like, well, you know, you have to start with your local produce shop and then go up a level to some small business. Then maybe one of the food delivery companies like HelloFresh. And then when you've got all those logos in your portfolio, you go to the big company and they're going to go, mm, it's a done deal. You know, you have to kind of, as you said, it snowballs, it builds up on itself. As soon as I started being a guest on podcasts, other people ask you to be a guest on podcasts. As soon as you speak, people see you at the event and give you work and ask you to speak other things. It is, it definitely does snowball. Um, so it's awesome. So look, we're coming to the end of the, of the episode. I'm really interested in your final lesson because it's something very dear to my heart. What is it? Come on, Steve. Lesson number 10. Other freelancers aren't the competition. Booyah! They, um, yeah, they're really not. And I don't know where this even comes. I, I think maybe we grow up watching films or TV shows where like people who are doing businessy stuff are like, oh, what are the competition doing? Hey, the competition are this. And, and so maybe we take that with us, this ingrained thing. But you realize actually there's loads of work to go around. And you are you, like we mentioned earlier. So actually let everybody do their own thing and just get to know them and learn from them and support each other. Like being a freelancer can be really isolating. And the best thing you can do is find a community of other people. And that might be on Twitter. It might be on Instagram. It might be on Facebook. Or it might be the clever copywriting community. Well, well, anyway, yes, it can be a paid group, a free group. It can be you inside exactly. me. Um, you, you, you will find those people and you'll find the people that you get on with because you're being yourself, for example. Um, other, other freelancers are a chance. And actually, you know, yes, other copywriters, but other freelancers in general, because of course they, they might end up needing copywriters. Um, and you can learn from other uh, industries' experiences as well, so that it's not just your own. But it's, um, it's a chance, like, to have friends because actually suddenly you might be working literally by yourself at home. Um, you can, I strongly believe you can just build friendships online without even meeting the people. If you meet them in real life, even better get yourself to meetups for example, uh, and meet freelancers that way. They're like a sounding board for your ideas. They cheer you on. They pick you up when things go a bit wrong. Uh, they refer work to you and you to them. Um, and one of my guests actually said, like his phrase was, just keep meeting people. Because he was convinced, basically, the more people he had met during his freelance career, the better it had gone. It's that snowball effect. Again, the more chance there are for people to refer you or to help you. So in general, just keep meeting people. But yeah, find yourself 
other freelancers. And don't, by the way, don't be shy. Realize that everybody is a bit shy. Nobody really, like, especially at a networking event, meetup type thing, everybody is feeling that awkward. Probably the people who aren't, aren't the ones you want to talk to. <laughs> it's the, um, everybody's feeling a bit shy. So really go out there and meet them. And it, it just makes everything so much better. And I really only realized that in particular over the last year or two, like the strength of that community of, of getting to know people online. And in fact, one in particular, I got chatting to her through uh, Instagram and we built up a friendship. We realized that we both had big side projects on the side. Uh, we both had two kids. We both had our freelance businesses. And without even realizing, we had started just through Instagram messaging, um, like running ideas past each other or like cheering each other on when stuff was going well. And in the end, we uh, decided to start co-mentoring each other. So now we meet once a month, be it online or in person with a coffee and like chat through our business ideas. So it's a little bit more, I guess, formal in an yeah. informal way, but it's a little bit more structured and it's making such a difference to both of us to sort of have that to air. So yeah, don't do it alone. Find other freelancers because they're not the competition. They're not. I, I like lots of things you said there, just to, to kind of reframe a few of them. Um, I, you know, I think the referrals thing is really good, especially if you've niched. You know, you can't write about every single industry. You can't necessarily, you're not an expert in every single type of copywriting. Um, and, you know, referrals are a great, great way to pass work on. You also can't do all the work. Like, you know, I got to the point where I was getting loads and loads of leads. I simply, I couldn't do all the work. I've only got a finite amount of time a week. What am I going to do with all that stuff? It's so much better to refer people on to other copywriters than make them go back into the wastelands of Google search and start that, you know, comparison and vice versa all over again. Whereas if you can say this writer is kind of like me, it's got a good skill set. Great. You've helped them and you've helped someone else. The meeting people thing, I'm like, you know, I do, it does make me wonder why people are so scared of talking to people. What are they going to do? They're not going to bite you, are they? I mean, maybe if they're, if they're me, I might bite you. <laughs> but like, you know, and often I find that people can be a bit quiet and reserved and almost seem a bit rude but it's just nerves like I often go and meet people and like oh he's a bit off and then afterwards I reflect and go actually he was probably just a bit nervous didn't know what to say and he came across oddly um I am bitey yes very bitey but in a lovely kind of gummy way um Rose says I think the mind shift for her for me was one of the toughest aspects of going into freelance after working in house where there was a much more competitive environment where you were going for a promotion maybe there was a team of you at the same level and you had to kind of outdo each other to get promoted and that's one of the great things about being a freelancer you're your own boss you can promote yourself whenever you want you can be employee of the month every single month can't you <laughs> it's a thing i could i recommend it is. I've, I'm laughing i've got i've got my mug here that says non-employee of the week awesome uh, which is <laughs> Yeah. I used to, I put my, um, my dog, my, my pump, my dog, he, he, I did make a poster of him as employee of the month. Uh, he wins it every month though. So now he's, he's a little bit blase about it. That's a trouble. But Complacency look, kicks in. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, uh, Steve, I want to thank you so much, uh, for, for chatting with us today. Um, and, uh, if you want to find out more about Steve, he's, name drops being freelance in a very subtle way several times the name of your other podcast though the one with the parenting can you can you remind us of the name of that one yeah that's called doing it for the kids doing so there's it. a community online of freelancing parents called doing it for the kids uh, run by frankie and so she and i it's more like a q a thing so we take questions from the community and then we do our best to answer them uh, each week in that so doing it for the kids 
Well, I will include links to all Steve's various bits and bobs, uh, his uh, freelance, being freelance podcast, and, and all his other things, all his socials. Uh, he's, well, he's definitely uh, fun to follow in the blog as well. is is great to watch. So thanks very much, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. As regular listeners will know, it's now the time for me to read out a review. And this time it's from Anna O'Byrne in Canada. She says, I started listening to a hot copy podcast years ago when starting out. It's still one of my faves. Now that I fancy, I know the basics at least. At any phase of freelancing your copywriting career, the topics are useful. Kate and her guests are entertaining, original and straight shooting. Thanks so much, Anna. And thanks to you, of course, for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher and Shopify. No, not Shopify, Spotify. Uh, Don't leave it on Shopify. It's not going to help as much at all. So yes, leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify. Gosh, nearly did it all again. Your review will help others find us and we'll give you a shout out on the show. You can also head to thehotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. Until next time, happy writing. Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts.